0: I'll ask anybody's question but yours, since
1: you're an idiot. My wife can score more than two buckets on 11 shots
0: because I know my wife will at least shot fake one time. I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my.
1: Welcome on in. It's made for March here. Tyler Rocky and Tim Leonard. We're back. It's been a whole summer of hibernation, but we are back. Tim has returned from his Baltimore Orioles banishment, and we're <laughs> ready to talk all things. College basketball and everything that's going on in the world of college hoops. We've got so much to get to. We're going to begin our Tears of Joy a little late this year, but we're still going to get them to you. And today we start with the Woodens and the Guy Lewis's, the teams that we believe can contend for a title and teams that we think are going to be knocking right on the doorstep as well this season. Uh, Listen, We're coming off of a fantastic season last year where there were two powers from start to finish. It was Baylor, it was Gonzaga. This year feels like the field is a little bit more open as we head into the season.
0: Yeah, it does. It's an exciting time, right? I mean, this is maybe my favorite time of the year where there's just endless possibilities for who is going to step up, who's going to take the mantle. There's always things in the college basketball preseason rankings that we get terribly wrong, and typically, it's been recently, at least, some of these powerful schools, the Kentuckys, the UNCs, the Dukes, struggling despite having good preseason rankings. I guess the number one question this year is, how much of those struggles last year was based on COVID and them using a lot of uber-talented freshmen and them not being able to have the full off season. And will those teams get back to where they were? And also, in the case of Duke and UNC, how are they going to do as they shift into new eras here?
1: All right, so let's start with the Guy Lewis's here. And again, we're trimming down our lists a little bit, five of each. We're, we're making it even tougher on us to give out these lists here. So we'll start with Guy Lewis's. Give me your, your first one. Who Who do you have number one on your team on the outside looking in?
0: My preseason number one this year, as it was last year, and honestly, it may have been the year before that, is Gonzaga. I oh, so I we're diving into
1: the woodens here. We're diving into oh, the oh, sorry,
0: I I All wasn't right. listening
1: clearly. You know what? What'd let's you say, do it, Guy let's Lewis? do it.
0: Dive in, dive in. Because guess okay. what? I'm matching you. I'm going stride for stride with you here. I love Gonzaga. They're my preseason number one as well. All right, great. Well, I was over here trying to fix with my mic here and wasn't really listening, so I apologize <laughs> and being a bad co. You never I, are. This you never is, are. This is, this what, this is getting used rust. to it again. This I'm, is Rust versus Rust. Rust is uh, winning out here. Right. And I, you don't have to worry about that with the Baltimore Orioles, I guess. But I can tell you <laughs> firsthand, this is a lot more fun to talk about than the struggling Baltimore Orioles baseball team. But anyway, Gonzaga, yes, I think they are the best team in the country again this year because... It's a very talented freshman class joining some very talented returners. They did lose Jalen Suggs. They lost Corey Kispert, but Drew Timmy's back. He's the preseason player of the year in most places that you look at it. And his yep. front court mate is the number one recruit in the country, Chet Holmgren, who I think is probably the most intriguing player in college basketball this season. I cannot Ooh, wait to watch you're team Chet over team Paolo. Yes, I, I mean, just because he's a freak okay. at, like, seven yeah. feet, right? The way he plays is just so fascinating and so unique. I gotta say, I found myself in a rabbit hole on YouTube
1: the other day. There are very few players I've seen in my life that play with such power and such finesse. Yes. I'm, like, we're gonna have the Coach K retirement tour all season long. At least we're gonna be able to watch Paolo during it. And, and if K takes away all the shine from Paolo, then... There's no other way I want to see him sent out. Like, that, that would just be the the ultimate way to see Kay leave. Anyway, getting back to Gonzaga here. Yeah, I mean, Chet's a freak. He's a unicorn. He's one of those guys that right. is generational. You don't see guys like him. And the fact that he's teaming up with the, the best player that's returning to the sport this season with Drew Timmy. And, and you also bring in another talented freshman, Hunter Salas, that he'll see a lot of times starting. I'm also kind of intrigued by one of their transfers, too, Rasir Bolton. Yeah. Best player from Iowa State from a season ago. And I think even though Iowa State hasn't really been good during Bolton's time, it's kind of one of those things like you see it in the NBA when guys team up. You want to wonder if it's empty calories or not. And I think this is the perfect situation for him to come into this Gonzaga team and be able to showcase some scoring. And he doesn't have to do it every single night. And I think in college that goes a long way.
0: Yeah, they got Nemhard back as well. Mm-hmm. It's just I think that this, is a very underrated right.
1: return as well. Like I think losing Joel Yai is a lot bigger than some people thought, but having Nemhard come back in to kind of play that supporting role, I think is is going to play pretty solid dividends for them.
0: Right, and we forget or maybe some people don't forget, but they were a historically great college basketball team last year, right? Like they beat teams badly in the regular season that were really good teams teams. badly. Yes. So I just don't see it falling that far this year. I don't really see a world where they're not a number one seed in March, given that they're going to run through their non-conference schedule again. And you can make jokes about that and you can make jokes about how they haven't really gotten it done in March, but They kind of proved people wrong up until they played Baylor last year, which was a disappointing way to conclude the season. But, yeah, I just think there's no world where Gonzaga is not at the top of the AP poll rankings for most of the season, again.
1: Two little Gonzaga tidbits I want to get to. First, with Mark Few. Going to miss the first three games, and that includes the game against Texas, which is, I think, going to be one of the really, really fun opening weekends of of games. You're going to have Gonzaga, Texas. No Mark Few. A little concerning with what happened there and how punishment was handed down. So Mark Few charged with the DUI, and he's suspended, not by the NCAA, who's handing out suspensions and postseason bans for teams that are doing much, much less. No, he's suspended by the university for three games, so he's going to miss the first three games. Dixie State, Alcorn State, you could have you could have you and I coaching on the right. sidelines, and I think we'd take care of business. But um, that Texas game, you might see an early blemish there without Mark Few there. And let's not forget, you're losing your top assistant who's gone on to take the, the Arizona head coaching job in Tommy Lloyd, too.
0: Right. No, that's a good point. And that's something that maybe when we talk about Illinois, if we do today, I know I have them on one of my two lists here. That's mm-hmm. another team that has lost a lot of assistance. Sometimes I think that's overlooked, honestly. I feel like those assistants, while they may sometimes be overrated recruiting-wise, they're still very important in other aspects I mean, as well. in practice, yeah.
1: it, people would be surprised how many coaches just roll out the balls and monitor from there.
0: I know, and schematically, helping with plays. It seems like in the case of Illinois, that was a big part of what those three assistants did. I mean, Illinois lost their entire staff, so... It's stuff like that that sometimes when you just go and look through the rosters and the players that are coming back, you can overlook those facts. But Tommy Lloyd, that's a huge loss for Gonzaga. All
1: right, let's move on to number two since we're we're in lockstep here with number one. Are, are we? Are you going in order here?
0: Yeah, I kind of ranked them internally. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let me hear your number two. I said Kansas. I don't know if okay. that's controversial. Uh, who's your number two?
1: My number two. I've got uh. I've got Illinois at number two. And I I really like what Illinois, but I I do have Kansas on my list. I have them at number, what do I have them at here? I have them at number four on my list.
0: Yeah, I think we can get to Illinois a little bit later because they're in a Guy Lewis tier for me. I'm not totally sold on them. And I think that was kind of an argument we had last year. We were always sort of on different sides of Illinois for the most part. That's right. At least Mm -hmm. from what I remember. But Kansas, sticking with them, I think... They have a nice mix of these guys are back. These guys have been in Bill Self's system, the McCormicks, the Wilsons, guys like that. And then they have a couple new pieces who I think are intriguing. Remy Martin, who apparently, I believe, was in the exhibition game. I saw some stuff that he's coming off the bench, which might be Bill Self's way of sending a message a little bit. But that's an intriguing piece from Arizona State. So I just like that in an era of the new transfer portal, which... That's an overarching theme of this college basketball season. It's going to be interesting to monitor how these heavy transfer teams play versus the teams that maybe didn't have as much activity in the transfer portal this year. I think Kansas is at a nice he- sort of balance in the middle there of adding some nice new pieces, some freshmen, of course, and some talented veterans as well.
1: Yeah, I look at Kansas, too, and, I mean, Oshai Abaji is reaching the Quentin Grimes, Armando Baycott levels of guys who you thought would have left a lot earlier, but here we are, and and he's still sitting in college basketball. Um, With Abaji, I, I really like what he can bring to the table. I've always liked him throughout his career, and even back to, like, his freshman, sophomore years, I thought, hmm, that guy seems like a guy that would bolt a little bit earlier, maybe even if he wasn't ready. And the fact that he's still with the Jayhawks really intrigues me.
0: Yeah, they got four starters back. I guess the only starter that they lost was Marcus Garrett, maybe. And then Bryce Thompson's a pretty tough loss, the way that he went to Oklahoma State. That's a guy who definitely was in for probably a sophomore leap this year that we typically see. But a lot of intriguing players are coming back. McCormick is back in the middle, it seems like. Those Kansas big men just always get better and better each year, and Bill Self does a great job developing them. And then, yeah, Avaji is someone that does it on both ends of the court and is honestly probably one of the more underrated players in the country, in my opinion.
1: So I look at uh, this Kansas team and their ability to score from a season ago. You're bringing in – you've got seven guys on your roster now that are coming back with essentially 10 points per game from a season ago. You're starting five – all registered about 12 per game. Then you bring in Jalen coleman Lands, who's on like his 15th school now. And then you have Christian Brown, who a season ago averaged 9.7, who's knocking on the door, and he's your three-point marksman on the team. There's going to be a lot of scoring. Here's my one worry with Kansas, is defensively at the guard position. Remy Martin and Joseph Yasufu are both six foot. You're going to need a lot of Christian Brown and a lot of Jalen coleman Lands because if you face a team with some bigger guards... You're going to have some troubles.
0: I would also say the thing with Kansas is they don't maybe have that true alpha, like an elite, elite college basketball player on this year's roster. Could Abaji be an All-American? Potentially. I think Martin could.
1: could be that guy.
0: Yeah, but if he's not even starting, and I don't know, Remy Martin, for me, was always sort of fill up the stat sheet, didn't do a whole lot else at Arizona State, so I'm interested to see how he translates. And yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's, I've been off on people. Like, like Mac like McClung was in the same category last year. He went to Texas Tech, of course, and I thought he was, like, a very good all-around player at Texas Tech. So how much of that was the system at Arizona State?
1: Right, and and it's like what we see in the NBA with guys like Devin Booker, Zach Levine, and, and we see what happens when they get supplementary help. You all of a sudden turn into really good teams. And I don't know. I'm looking forward to see Remy Martin in this next stage. I, I yeah. really am. I think he's right. one of my... More intriguing players in the entire country. I'm not going to bill him as an All-American, but it's someone to look out for. Also worth noting with uh, Kansas, Jalen Wilson um, is going to miss the first three games as well um, after the suspicions of of DUI uh, with him. So it's so another thing that uh, Kansas is going to have to go into these early portions of the season, and that includes the Champions Classic to open up the year against Michigan State. Um, yeah. So getting to Illinois, who is number two on my list of, of Woodens here, here's why I like Illinois. A, you bring back obviously one of the best players and a guy that you probably didn't think you were going to have on your roster heading into this season right. in Kofi Coburn. I mean, talk about the drama. He's also, by the way, going to miss the the first three games of the yeah. season because, and this is probably a, a really silly slap on the wrist that the NCAA is handing out one of the – odder things but at the same time you could have said I mean Kofi could you just wait a few days I mean I don't know what how far you missed the deadline by but regardless he's gonna miss the first three games of the season and that includes the game against Marquette but I really like what they bring back which is crazy to think you lost three pretty instrumental players to what you did especially Io your best player from a season ago and a player of the year candidate Adam Miller, who was supposed to be that guy who was going to take sophomore steps, and then Georgie Bajanisvili, who was a really instrumental piece for you off the bench. But I'll tell you what, I kind of like how they're filling things in here. Very rarely do you have the ability to potentially go All-American to All-American. And I think that's what Illinois has in the transition from Io Desumu to Andre Curbelo.
0: Yeah, so that's the question mark for me. I don't know if I'm as high on Curbelo as you may be, and I think the turnovers were a big reason why last year that I, which is expected, right? He was a freshman playing freshman a lot.
1: Freshman coming off the he, bench
0: too. Yeah, how much is he going to improve as a sophomore is so big, and how much can he be that creator that they so desperately need now? Because you laid out all the guys they lost. The part that scares me about Illinois is, is Ioudasoumo just did so much for them last year. He was their crunch time guy. He was a big defender for them. I mean, you see what he's doing with the Chicago Bulls. He's off to a good start yep. there. He's really been probably one of the more underrated players in terms of an all-around impact on a roster in recent memory in college basketball for me. He was obviously doing it scoring wise and you know, he was the second best player in the country probably last year behind Luka Garza and there were cases to be made that I mean, he was yeah, the best. I mean, yeah, we even player.
1: argued is he the f- top guy on the yeah, team.
0: right. So I guess what I have concerns about is, one, you lose to Sumo, and now you don't necessarily have a lot of guys that have proven a ton to fill his spot. Curbelo definitely has shown flashes. Can he do it for an entire season? Can he replace a good chunk of that production that was lost? And then the other thing is Kofi Coburn now becomes your number one guy And as talented and as good as Coburn is, and this sounds kind of silly because we're talking about an All-American, I just liked him a lot better when he was a number two because he doesn't pass a lot, he struggles on defense, and he gets in foul trouble at times as well. And I don't really love leaning on a big guy as much as they're probably going to have to lean on him.
1: Here's where I would counter that is I think that with a guy like Curbelo, And again, you bring back Trent Frazier, too, who I think is going to be an underrated piece. He's another one of those guys who's taken advantage of a COVID year. And the fact that he's going to get an extra season of college basketball, I think he's a guy who's going to absolutely exploit that and be one of those, oh, I'm just older than you and automatically better than you guys in the Big Ten. And with Frazier, Demonte Williams, another guy who's doing that. I think there's some other – guy. here's a guy who's intriguing me off the bench for, for this Illinois team, and that's Coleman Hawkins. Six-foot-ten, long and rangy as all hell, and even though the numbers weren't there from a season ago, Brad Underwood's, I think, going to try to use him a little bit differently. I think they're going to try to use him almost like a, a stretch four sort of guy, and if you can stretch the floor and put a lot of size out there and some shooting, Curbelo's a better facilitator than what Iowa was. And while he's not nearly the scorer that Iowa was and probably will never be that, I think you give Andre Curbelo spacing with three shooters and an all-American big and to me that spells a lot of trouble for the Big 10 and the rest of the country.
0: Yeah, and I want to be clear. I love watching Curbelo play. I think he's honestly got a tremendously high ceiling at some point. I just don't know if he comes close to reaching that as a sophomore. I think He has to grow a lot in terms of consistency as a playmaker and being that guy that is leading the team night in and night out. He's going to get there at some point. I just don't know if it's this year. And then, as I mentioned earlier, they lost pretty much their entire assistant coaching staff, which I think is a big deal and probably being overlooked by some. And they're in such a tough conference. I just look at how the Big Ten stacks up again this year. I think you can make a case – And I don't know if I'm all the way there to say it, but I think you could make a case that they're the fourth best team in their conference. When you factor in Ohio state, Purdue and Michigan are also in their conference. Right? Yeah. No, it's again, the big 10 is going to be a lot of fun to watch this year. All right. Who do you have at number three? I got Villanova at number three, which again is sort of leaning on experience, leaning on culture there with Jay Wright. I think, They basically return everyone except for JRE, who did a lot for them. So that's a big loss. And we know what happened to Gillespie in the tournament. Hopefully he gets back up to speed after the injury and all that. It just feels like Villanova's in a nice spot that is almost pretty similar to what Clemson had going at least entering this year in football in the ACC, where Nova's in the Big East. They've got some decent teams there that they're not like in such a bad conference that it's hurting them. But at the same time, they're typically going to have a pretty easy conference schedule compared to others and take care of business and continue to, if anything, just sort of stay where they are in the polls or rise up. And it's going to be interesting because they do play UCLA next Friday on the 12th, which is one of those great early season games. They've got Baylor in the non-con. They've got Syracuse at a neutral site. We're going to find out about them. And they have struggled a little bit in the non-conference recently. But I just like... What Jay Wright has there, I like the returning talent and combine that with the fact that they're in a conference that sort of allows them to stay near the top of the AP polls and stay near the top of bracketology throughout the year.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, you look at these teams that we mentioned and the ones that have come out of our mouths so far, I think the locks or at least the best chance, I shouldn't say locks, the best chances to be one seed's are Villanova and Gonzaga. And it largely comes down to the conference that they're in. And like you mentioned, there's just less room to trip up. Like you talk about Illinois and Kansas, and and we'll get to some other teams, I'm sure, where this also applies. But your margin for error is so slim. These are teams where your margin to slip up is so slim.
0: Yeah, I just, I think what Villanova has coming back this year, combined with the situation they are in, makes them a dangerous team really for the next three, four years. I And Jay Wright's already won two national titles not that long ago. So it's just you're making a mistake to overlook them, given the situation they're in, year in and year out. I think they're always a pretty reliable bet to stay up there near the top of the polls.
1: All right, let's move on. Uh, My number three team here, I'm going to go with Purdue. I'll tell you this, Tim. I've already laid some money down for Purdue to win the national championship this year. I love it. I I like this team. I shouldn't say like because that's the wrong word. I love this team. I love everything about them. You've got Jaden Ivy, who I think can be a Big Ten Player of the Year in the conference. That's how good he is, and that's the step that I'm anticipating out of Jaden Ivy. You're bringing back Trevion Williams, and guess what? Trevion's role might be slightly diminished because of Zach Eady. Have you seen some of the
0: numbers this guy's putting up in these secret scrimmages and stuff like that, and these preseason stuff? Love the secret scrimmages. Isn't Eady like seven feet five seven or something? Four. 7-4, yeah.
1: <laughs> and he's figuring out how to play basketball. That should scare the ever-living hell out of everybody in the Big Ten Conference.
0: Yeah, so I didn't have Purdue on either of these lists, and mostly because I kind of viewed the guy, Lewis, as just pinpointing the highly ranked teams that I think are maybe overrated, if anything. Mm-hmm. Purdue, I think, is very properly rated in where I've seen them in the polls, which I think they're, for the most part, right around the top 10 in most of these preseason rankings, wherever you look. Also, I I don't know if you remember this, but I feel like I have to sort of stick with Purdue, and I love that you've already put some money down on them because remember last year we were talking about the NCAA first round? Yes, that is right. Right, and I picked them to lose to North Texas, and I was like, here's what's going to happen. They're going to lose, which they did, and then they're going to go on a huge run next year when all these great young players come back, and from that point on, it's going to be this redemption arc that I was already sort of procrastinating all the way last year. So I feel like I have to stick with that at this point after somehow they actually did lose to North Texas and I was right on that part.
1: Well, there you go. There's your honorary wooden. And this is a Purdue team yeah. that a season ago was really, really young. They were outside the three top 300 in Ken Palm in terms of experience. And for them to still put together the stretch that they did, earning a 4C, going 13-6 and six in the Big Ten, we saw last year how much youth struggled. I mean, just look at Kentucky and Duke. Youth got kicked in the ass last year, and for this team to be that young, I think it's one yeah, of Matt Painter's better coaching jobs, and now all those guys have another year of experience. You look at teams, that, a team that really didn't lose a whole heck of a lot either. I mean, they didn't get purged by the the transfer portal and have all these guys coming back. No Nojel Eastern situations here. I mean... I think this is a, a team that is going to be really strong this year. You've got a senior point guard in Eric Hunter. You've got Jaden Ivy, who's a, a uber talented two guard running alongside him. You got some shooting with Stefanovic. I, I, I'm really looking forward to watching Purdue. I think they're going to win the Big yeah.
0: Ten. Yeah, and so my next team to get into them, number four, I had Michigan on my Woodens list. Which is this the year that the Big Ten finally wins a national title? Because we're just naming pretty much Big they're going to have the most
1: darts point. probably. Like they're gonna have the most darts to throw at the board,
0: and I guess last year, I think if memory serves, they all pretty much underwhelmed. We talked about Illinois earlier; they obviously and we called that last
1: year. Yeah, we we knew that. I mean, I don't think quite to the degree we. I don't think we were picking necessarily. I know you had Houston in your Final Four, but I think we both were kind of in in stride and saying that Illinois would at least get to the Elite Eight.
0: Yeah, I think uh, Illinois was a surprise, although I remember thinking that Loyola Chicago had a decent shot there. I don't think I put it in my bracket or anything like that, but yeah, this Big Ten, it's an interesting spot to sort of pick Wooden's from the Big Ten because this is the best conference, but also, as we talked about earlier, you feel a little hesitant maybe to put Illinois as your number two or number three Wooden when they might be number two or number three in their own conference. And how much does that help versus how much does that hurt them? Then also the track record's not great. I mean, when's the last it was Michigan State, right? Is the last national 2000. champion. Yeah. yeah. We're over and
1: we're over twenty years now.
0: It's it's they always have darts, and this is another year they have darts. I think Michigan, sticking with them, they are pretty much the same team they were last year to me. A lot of these same players are back, John D. Brown and uh, Dickinson, of course, is huge piece for them, and statistically he's going to have another great year and probably put himself in the All-American conversation yet again. So if Michigan was good last year, my thought process is they're probably going to be really good again this year, and that's kind of why I put them as a wooden.
1: Here's the, my one concern with Michigan. Losing guys like Mike Smith and Isaiah Livers, I, I think that that's going to hurt them a little more than people th- Like, bringing back Eli Brooks, but you, you want to guard with experience. And I know they had ex- they had success last year going to the transfer portal and finding a Mike Smith. They're doing that again with Devontae Jones this year. And he's a guy who averaged almost 20 points per game. And for a guy who's six foot one, he also averaged 7 rebounds per game, which is really, really intriguing to yeah. see. But again, that's Coastal Carolina. That's not playing in the Big Ten where you've got bigs that can swallow up rebounds every single night. So I think you could probably take away probably four or five rebounds from him this year, but I, I need to see a facilitator. I, I don't know who that facilitator is going to be quite yet. Eli Brooks yeah. is another solid player for them, but, and then you bring in a, a talented five-star on Caleb Houston too. But again, the star of the show here is Hunter Dickinson.
0: Right. I think Jones is their X factor. That's not really a hot take or anything like that. He has to be basically what Mike Smith was for them last year. And I misspoke earlier. I said, Chandi Brown is back. He is not. He graduated. So, They did lose a good amount. I mean, Wagner, Mike Smith, Shondi Brown, Livers, Austin Davis, even that they kind of had most of their starting five gone. And now it's sort of the Hunter Dickinson show. But I think my thought process on them still stands that Jawan Howard will probably get the most out of that team again. And they're in a very good conference. They're going to play a lot of really tough teams, and they're probably going to win a good chunk of those games in a really good league and continue to rise up the polls.
1: Here's what I'll say. They're the number two class in the country, too. They're going to be a young team, but they're going to be yeah. a damn talented young team with Hunter Dickinson also there, and you, then you've got some elder statesmen like Brooks on the roster and Brandon Johns as well. So th- we'll see how that youth is going to have to come along quickly. If they come along quickly, we could be talking about a, a team that is blown blown away the the Big Ten Conference.
0: Right. So were they a wooden or ore guy Lewis for you? I had them in the guy Lewis. I
1: had them as, as one of my first teams on the outside looking in. So okay, to yeah. I, I've got what do I have here? I've got two more teams. No, I've got one more team in my in my uh woodens here. And that is that is Texas. Texas is an unbelievably intriguing team to me this season. I mean, new coach, you bring in a lot of new players in the transfer portal, a lot of talented players from yes. the transfer portal too. Marcus Carr wreaked havoc on the Big 10. I mean, the, the stuff of nightmares from Marcus Carr in the, in the Big 10 conference. Dylan Disu from Vandy, Trey Mitchell was one of the most sought after guys in the transfer portal. He's a big coming over from UMass. Um and then you've got guys just that are going to be coming off the bench that averaged over 10 points per game last season like Christian Bishop coming over from Creighton, Timmy Allen coming over from Utah.
0: Jimmy Allen's what? a top-five transfer, and he's like the fifth guy you mentioned. It's loaded. how many transfers they brought in. Oh, and by
1: the way, they're bringing back Courtney Ramey and Andrew Jones. And you finally get rid of the stink that is Shaka Smart from this program. That, to me, I think is going to go leaps and bounds above what people are talking about with this team. And to have the guards, to have some of the, the complimentary stuff, to have the bench scoring, to have the coach that has gone to a national championship game, in Chris Beard, running the show. I'm super excited for Texas this year. They're another team I've laid money down on to to win the Natty.
0: Wow. I'm incredibly torn on this team because I think I'm probably the leader of the Chris Beard fan club. Like He has always been a guy that I vouch for in the tournament when I'm picking games, in normal regular season games. I always vouch for him, and I think it's a tremendous hire by Texas, and he's going to do great things. And the question mark with him was, oh, can he recruit, though? And already he is pulling in dudes not only on the recruiting trail, but these transfers that he's gotten. It's incredible the load that he's put in. But now it becomes the part that I'm torn on, which is how do they all fit together? Like, how is he going to keep all these guys happy? You've got a weird you're, mix you You're going to give
1: me the, It's only there's only one ball out there argument.
0: Sort of, <laughs> but I also just don't know if I love teams that are— incorporating all these new pieces and I'm staying away for the most part from teams that have done a complete overhaul in the transfer portal and that's exactly what Texas has done now Texas has brought in more talent than probably anyone else in the transfer portal and they do have Courtney Ramey and Andrew Jones back and they did win the Big 12 championship tournament last year they got an easy pass where they didn't have to play Kansas because of a COVID issue but they won the tournament. They went into the first round, and we all know what happened there. A big egg was leg, or laid, excuse me, and Shaka smarts out. Chris Beard's a huge plus compared to him. But I worry about how Chris Beard is going to use all these pieces. And I don't know if they exactly fit great, or if it's just, hey, I incorporate as much talent as I could and we're gonna go from there.
1: I will say this. If you're gonna clog up one area of the the floor, I'd rather it be the guards and the wings and the bigs. And that's exactly the the trap that this Texas program has fallen into the last couple of years. When you look at who they lost from a season ago, Jericho Sims, Greg Brown, Kai Jones, all big guys. I would much rather have all that traffic at the guard position or the the three than, than in the four and five spots. So I'm excited for Texas. All right, let's go through some of our Guy Lewis's here. I know we've already hit on a couple of them. Rattle off the rest of your list here because uh, just – and then we can kind of Break down yeah. the teams that we're looking at that are on the outside looking in.
0: So, first off, Kentucky is my last wooden, and quickly on them, mm-hmm. I, I think that's probably a little higher than other people who are on Kentucky. I think the stink of last year— They're my first year, team out. Okay, yeah. They're, I mean, I just look at this roster, and I'm very impressed. And I know that they were terrible, terrible last year with a capital T, but at the same— sort of token, I feel like a lot of that was the COVID season and just losing momentum again, off on the wrong foot. There is talent here, and there's a nice mix of veteran pieces with some youth guys and some transfers, and they addressed their issues from last year. They actually have shooting this year. They actually have a true point guard this year, at least on paper, it seems like, with a couple different options there between Ty Ty Washington, who's a very talented freshman coming in, Severe Wheeler coming over from Georgia. So I really like Kentucky. I think they're going to win the SEC there this year. But my Guy Lewis category, I put UCLA in my Guy Lewis. We haven't named As them did yet. I. So. I was surprised. Okay. I was surprised neither of us hit on them, but I'm glad we're, we're in agreement there. I think they're the one we have to talk about the most because mm. I just don't buy that they should be a top three team or a top five team in the nation when it, there's another world where they maybe lost that first four right. game to Michigan State. I
1: 1,000% agree with you here.
0: Yeah, like, what would they have been ranked if they had lost in the first four, which went to overtime, by the way, and stats say that they were pretty lucky to go as far as they were in the tournament last year when you look at advanced metric stuff. So, yes, they return literally everyone. Yes, they bring in Miles Johnson and add some good freshmen as well. I guess they don't return Chris Smith, who was hurt last year in the tournament anyway, but I liked UCLA last year, but they laid an egg, and... If they had lost in that first four game, they wouldn't even be a top thirty team in these preseason polls, and they almost did lose. So yes, they won on the run, but I'm just not ready to put them as a top five team.
1: Yeah, people's scope is being framed off of a four or five game sample. Yeah, and, and that's the pro- my problem with with UCLA right now is everyone is bought all the way in because of what they did on a little hot stretch in March. I listen, we watched UCLA over the course of the season, and they were solid. But they were never a team that we said, oh, yeah, that's the sneaky team that can go on a run. And and they very, very nearly were not that team. (laughs) They're lucky almost that they saw a a Michigan State team that, for the most part last season, was in complete disarray to to open up the season. And Tom Izzo had all these questions. He was playing like 11 guys a night. They, They were that close to not being this sort of darling. And I'm with you. I'm not as high as them heading into this season. I know they bring back a lot, including Tiger Campbell, including Johnny Juzang, but and Jaime Jaquez Jr. So it's like everyone's but I'm still back, not there, which
0: is great. But yeah. Let's not forget, for the first 30 games or whatever it was, 25 games of last year, they were just a very average team in a very average conference. And frankly, I think Oregon is a better bet to win that conference than UCLA. So, Ooh, well, I bring like UCLA is going to be a top 15, top 20 team for me, but I'm not ready to circle them in as a one seed or a final four team again.
1: I will say this having front court depth for them this year is going to be big. Yeah, uh, bringing in Miles Johnson, I loved watching him play at Rutgers last season. I thought he, he I forget who he was going toe to toe with for for minutes last year, and and he accepted that bench roll pretty well last season. And he can, he, I think he's going to do something similar here with this UCLA team. Okay. So um, the rest of my guy, Lewis, is here. I have Kentucky as my first team. Again, mm-hmm. if we were to do what we usually do, Kentucky would be in my woodens because I am that high on them. I think yeah. Ty Ty Washington's going to be fantastic for that team this year. Um, my other guy, Lewis, is we've brought up Nova. We've brought up Michigan. I want to throw some love uh, Alabama's way. I-, I think the Tide, what they've done in recruiting and just what we've seen out of Nate Oates, too, in just reshaping the what Alabama basketball is and how we think of Alabama basketball, I like it. And, and you're bringing back some pretty notable pieces as well when you look at Javon Quinterly. Jaden Shackelford, I think, was a bit of a surprise to come back, but I'm happy they brought him back. And then you're also bringing in a guy like Namari Burnett from Texas Tech who I, I'm pretty high on as well.
0: Yeah, I would say Alabama, if they get through this season as a top-10 team again, then it's like, all right, Nate it's whatever you have on your roster. I'm backing you like almost to the crispier yeah. Jay Wright level, because, well, they do bring back some pieces like you talked about and Shackelford, I think should be in the All-American conversation. They also lost some pieces and they also are counting on bringing in some transfers, some new guys that they've been successful with in the past. So right now I'm with you. I think they're going to do it. But this is kind of that year where we find out, is Alabama a legit college basketball power for the next five or six years
1: yeah here's what I like about them all right is that even though they lost some defense you lose Herb Jones the defensive player of the year in the conference from a season ago I mean Jawan Gary can still play the hell out of the the defensive side of the ball Keon Ellis I mean he's just got these guys that are long and not only that but then you're bringing in some talented freshmen that are probably going to start for you too when you look at guys like J.D. Davison Charles Bediaco you've got talent and you've got experience on this team now, and you've got a team that has gotten a taste of what the NCAA tournament looks like. And that's a good thing. Right.
0: And you've got a really good coach, too. Exactly. And I believe in what Natives is doing there. So I'm with you there. I Pretty much all the other teams that were on my Guy Lewis list, I think we've hit on. I had Texas. I had Illinois, who we've talked about already. I also did, I don't know if I like formally put them in my guy, Lewis, but they were on the brink for me. And I want to talk about them a little bit as UNC, just because I do think this is a big bounce back year for UNC. And as much as you can call me a homer on that regard, because of obviously Tim. Is back at there, it again. And it is going to be an interesting year when you factor in Hubert Davis, but there's already been a lot of buzz about Brady Manick and the scrimmages, those secret scrimmages. It seems like he is shooting the heck out of the basketball. And I just like the way their roster added some shooting to the big position. I think Hubert Davis did a nice job. And it sounds like they're going to move Caleb Love to off-ball and pretty much just play R.J. Davis as the point guard this year. I like that a lot better. And while Caleb Love was historically inefficient last year for the amount of volume he had and how poorly he shot, he was another freshman in a COVID season. And there's talent there somewhere. So I think he could be in for a bounce-back year.
1: We do have to hit on one team that we have not discussed during oh, this, boy. even though we've laid out everything. And, and it's fitting that you thought you were going to get away here with the last word in, in UNC. But I, I, we need to have a, a really quick Duke conversation. Okay. Only team in the ACC that does not return a double-figure score from a season ago. But they do bring in Paulo Banquero. And it is the Coach K retirement tour. What, what's going, what has to go right for Duke if they're going to get into the Final Four this year? And, and send coach k off into the sunset that way
0: gosh yeah, so i just got a pit in my stomach thinking about coach k in his last year winning the national title and, and i just saw like it flashed before my eyes way, he's cutting down the net did oh, you
1: see this they did a like espn does a media day for their personalities and someone asked jay billis hey what do you think about a duke cast like we, we see the manning cast we we see the the college football playoff has a the mega cast Ooh a Duke cast of Jay Williams, Jay Billis, and J.J. Reddick, who just recently signed with ESPN. Right. I nearly projectile vomited all over my laptop <laughs> when I saw that.
0: Yeah, that's a hard note. What's the uh, the American Idol, Randy Jackson? Is it Re- Randy going to be Jackson? a note from me, dog. Yeah, yep. that, that's how I feel about that one. I would not watch. I would unsubscribe quickly on that front. I think Duke's going to be solid. I just... Uh, look, they haven't been that good or lived up to expectations for a little bit now. Is Bancaro going to be a stud? Absolutely. But there's still some question marks. Like, how well are they going to shoot the ball? And they lost a good amount from last year. Matt Hurt, well, it's kind of funny to say he did a lot for that team, and that's a big loss.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, at least we're not going to have the Duke cast. ESPN would have already put that stuff out. Right. And I <laughs> thank God this reporter that asked the question didn't ask it back in, like, May. Otherwise, it would have been in the works. And... We would uh we would all be projectile vomiting over our, our television sets. You know they would bump ESPN Plus up too. Like the the Coach K bump. They they I think it's like four ninety nine a month. They'd bump it to five ninety nine. You yeah, know they God. would.
0: They oh, probably it's disgusting. Would. It disgusts me. We're gonna all have right. tons of time to talk about Duke this year. I'm sure tons of Coach yeah. K chatter on the pod. Should we be so, the that's only uh, Duke for now? What, what
1: if what, maybe this is the identity we need this year? Every team's got an identity. Every podcast has an identity. What if we're the the Duke Freeze Show? Where we just don't talk about, we act like they don't exist. You
0: don't have to twist (laughs) my arm on that one. I will sign the dotted line for that right now.
1: (laughs) Maybe we'll explore that. We'll look into that. All right, that's going to do it for this first episode of Made for March. For the new season, we'll be back with some more previews, some sleeper teams that you got to look out for, some players that we're really intrigued by heading into the season. And before you know it, Champions Classic. Tuesday. It all gets started. All day college basketball. Can't wait for it. It's going to feel like March Madness. For Tim, I'm Tyler. We'll talk to you guys next week.
0: The game was over.